Thank, Thank you, you, Katrina. Good morning. Sorry. It always, yeah, sounds really loud right here. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, giving faithfully. Everybody, um, yeah, nobody really talks about finances and sermons these days in the church. So I guess I get to be the one who talks about finances um, in sermon. Woohoo, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, polite company doesn't talk about finances, sex, or religion, and but we're family, so we are going to talk about finances today. <coughs> I'll leave the other ones for other leadership. <laughs> um, I do want to start by saying very clearly what the sermon is not. This is not a plea for funds because the church is trying to do something. It's not me knowing um, what each of you are giving to the church. Actually, the way it's set up, I don't have a single clue what anybody gives to the church individually, um, aside from Jonathan and I, um, mainly because I pay the bills and, yeah, write the checks. So, but um, in terms of each of you, I just see a total at the end of the week of what came in for offerings the week before. Um, so I, I do want to make that very clear. Um, I'm also not very perfect at this. It's not something that I can say I have a perfect handle on. Um, it's one of the disciplines of Christian living that we definitely have to grow in, and it changes. And what we actually do and how we live this out oftentimes will change as our walk with the Lord grows. Um, so I want to encourage you in that. If, if you feel convicted to look at things and make changes um, in this that I was too as I prepared this um, sermon. And, um, sorry, if in that you don't feel convicted to change anything, that's great too. Some people, there's all spiritual disciplines and we all have different strengths that we excel at. So you might, this might be something that you excel at, that you feel confident where you're at. Um, the faithful part of giving really does look different for everybody, and I want to, I'll say that several times. It's going to look different for you than it's going to look for me. The most important thing is that we're doing, we're faithfully giving as God has directed us to individually. Um, I hope this is some information and time just to think and pray and encourage you to discern going forward how God is leading you to spend your money and use all of your resources as we look at giving faithfully. I also want to acknowledge that we all serve and give to the church in different ways, and oftentimes there is a lot of people who are giving a lot of time and other resources to the church, and I want to acknowledge that and say that is also very valuable and obviously something um, we'll be looking at in the rest of the sermon series. Um, but for today, we are just talking about money. <laughs> so um, I want to start with a little bit of a history on what tithing um, as, as giving in this context was in church history. It was up to now more known as tithing. Um, so 
a little bit of history, both what we see in the Bible and throughout church history. Um, I'm, I looked at giving in instances where a person gave a portion of what they had to a religious organization or a person like a priest. Um, I didn't look at like Cain and Abel giving um, their offerings to the Lord, although that was an offering. Um, I was looking for something a little more organized, since we are more organized than Cain and Abel, hopefully. Um, so the first time in the Bible we see this type of giving is actually with Abraham, um, who we see gives an offering to a priest of the Most High God named Melchizedek um, in Genesis 14:20. We don't know much more about this priest. Um, we do know that he, Abraham gave a tenth of all of his spoils. He had just gone and conquered some lands. Um, so that was sort of the first example we have of tithing in the Bible. Um, then we sort of skip ahead. If you're not getting to, you can get really into it, like Bible scholarly, but in a more uh, higher up view, we skip ahead to when God is giving Moses um, the law for the Israelites. So Obviously, then we have a lot of books with a lot of rules, Deuteronomies and Leviticus and Numbers. But what we see for tithing, um, the most, most of the information we have is in Numbers 18, 21 through 26. Um, so this is, I'm going to read this, this is the tithe that the Israelites are giving. Um, so... The backstory is they have already divided up Israel, so the into the different tribes and their land. Um, so to the Levites, which would be one of the tribes, I've given every tithe in Israel for an inheritance um, instead of the land, in return for their service that they do their service in the tent of the meeting, so that the people of Israel do not come near the tent of meeting lest they bear sin and die. But the Levites shall do the service in the tent of meeting, and they shall bear their iniquity, and it shall be a, a perpetual statute throughout your generations, and among the people of Israel they shall have no inheritance. For the tithe of the people of Israel, which they present as contribution to the Lord, I have given to the Levites for an inheritance. Therefore I have said to them that they shall have no inheritance among the people of Israel. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Moreover, you shall speak and say to the Levites, when you take from the people of Israel the tithe that I have given from you to them for your inheritance, then you shall present a contribution from it to the Lord, a tithe of the tithe. Um, so not only were the other tribes of Israel who were tithing and giving to the Lord, um, they were supposed to tithe, then the Levites were giving a tenth of what they had received at the temple to the Lord as well. Um, so they were tithing. There were other offerings that the Israelites were instructed by law to give. In fact, an article from Christianity Today titled, What is a Tithe? states that in the Old Testament law, required giving set, set by the law would have been somewhere between 30 to 35 percent of a person's income um, for the year. Um, that would be between his tithe, his 10 percent the support of the temple. There was additional offerings that were given to the priests and then additional um, offerings that were supposed to go to help the poor each year. Um, 
as we know from the Old Testament, the Israelites weren't exactly very good at following God's law. Um, so they didn't really do a great job at tithing or giving, especially as they started worshiping idols. Um, they would give their offerings to them. Um, we do see some instance in during Hezekiah's reign as they turn back to God um, in Second Chronicles chapter 31, they joyfully gave their tithes. Um, it took months and months for the priests to collect all the tithes that the people were bringing joyfully, and it filled the temple. Um, then later in Amos, we see God urging his people to give their tithe faithfully. Um, in Amos 4.4, it mentions give your tithe every three days. I'm not exactly sure. I didn't get into a real deep study of why it was three days, but just that very constant and faithful giving. In Malachi 3.10, which was actually on our video, um, God encourages his people to give their full tithe and see what they do. People were giving, but they were not giving the full amount that God has instructed them to. Um, then we get to Jesus, right? Um, so there are two times where Jesus talks about giving that I want us to really sort of focus on um, today as we consider our giving. One is in Matthew 23. Jesus talks about the ways, the whole chapter of Matthew 23 is all the ways the Pharisees are upholding the letter of the law but missing the point by a mile. Um, it has some very strong lang language um, in terms of what he calls the Pharisees. Um, but in verse 23 and 24, Jesus speaks to how they tithe. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. You blind guide straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel. The main point here is that if we are so focused on our giving, that we are tithing the herbs of our garden, but forgetting things like justice and mercy and faithfulness in our daily lives. We have missed the point ourselves. And I would argue, even as the financial coordinator, that I would rather your faith be lived out with justice and mercy and faithfulness, and you miss the tithe. He, but, Jesus is not saying that you shouldn't do one or the other. He is actually saying um, it's just one aspect of our walk with God, and we need to be doing all of them. Then in Mark chapter 12, we see the following story, which I know we touched on during our Lenten series. Um, starting in verse 41, he says, And he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums, and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box, for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. While I'm not suggesting that we should all faithfully give everything we have to live on every week, I do think we should consider our heart attitude as we are giving. Are we giving out of our abundance, our extra, what we have left over after we pay the bills every month? 
or does it require or does our giving require a sacrifice of something on our end? After Pentecost, the New Te- Testament teaching actually sort of moves away from giving for the most part. Paul does ta- talk on it some, um, aside from Acts. And we do see a couple stories in Acts I want to read. Um, the first is in Acts chapter 2, because this is what a lot of people focus on, I feel, when they give tithing, and I do want to touch, or when they talk about tithing, and I do want to touch on it a little. Um, this is when they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They were in community, living together. Everybody, you know, had everything in common. They sold all their possessions and belongings and distributed the proceeds as anybody had need. Um, if you read down in that, you actually see that's where the apostles actually sort of first nominate a treasurer for the church because they didn't need to be um, taking care of, like they needed, so, they needed another level of somebody people could go to for all their needs. Um, day by day, they attended the temple together. They broke breads in their home, received food with glad and joyous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. Um, I think it's important to note that that was a very specific context that the early church was in and in a very specific community. And we don't necessarily see that level of community throughout all of the early church as it expands to other cities, as the persecution in Jerusalem increases and the Christians go out and spread the good news. Um, We do see, as Paul was teaching, that we... Um, are supposed to give, um, take care of both the ministers of the Gospels, so our missionaries and our pastors, and the poor and the needy. We are called to take care of those, and we are called to give with a um, glad and joyous heart. Um, It really does focus all the giving on our heart attitude. How are we giving? Why are we giving? And are we giving to the Lord as we're supposed to? Um, I would be remiss if I do not touch on Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5. Um, Ananias, at this point, people were selling their possessions, giving it to the church. Ananias sells a, a lot of land. And with his wife's knowledge... Um, only gives part of the proceeds to the church. Um, and when he's confronted about it through the Holy Spirit, um, he is struck down and killed. When, by God, the Holy Spirit, not, not the Christians. Um, Sapphira comes in the room a few hours later, and she is asked if she knows about it, and she lies and says no. Um, that sounds really scary, and I know a lot of pastors have used that as like, ah, give money. I'm not trying to make that point. I'm actually trying to say, I think the main issue here was not that they didn't give all of the proceeds that they got from the land. The issue is that they um, tried to pass it off as if they had. That they were trying to make themselves look better than what they had. They didn't ha- God had not told them they had to sell the land to begin with and give the proceeds to the church. 
but they did, and when they did, they made it sound like, oh yeah, we're doing what everybody else is. And I don't think that God really cared whether or not they were, were. it's, are you, are you trying to pass yourself off as better, as, you, as giving more than what you did? Um, so does this mean that giving a 10% tithe is wrong, since we don't really see an example of like exactly what we should give in the church? Um, I don't think so. Does it mean that it's the correct amount for each of us to give? I also don't think so. I would challenge you that however much you decide to give, it's more important that your heart be in the right place with the amount you are giving, that we are called to give sacrificially, and that we should give as Christ gave, um, and not in a way that is showy. As the church became more formally organized and part of the secular governing systems, um, like the Roman Empire and so forth, um, tithes honestly became much more like a tax for many centuries. They were required giving. You gave to your local parish if you were part of the Catholic Church, um, and you gave, they were very much based on the Old Testament law if you look back through them. Um, Once we have the Reformation away from the Catholic Church, especially in England and some parts of the southern United States, several church denominations from like the 1600s to 1800s actually had you rent or purchase the pews in the church. And that was your family or oftentimes household, um, if you think of like the big English manners, um, pew, and that's where they sat in. Um, That was how the church got their money. And um, in addition to tithe, it was one of the ways. Thankfully, Anabaptists never did that. And we don't have anything like that in our church or any churches nowadays. But I do think it's important to note that this has been something that has been discussed and changed over the centuries. Um, But um, it can be, and it can be a starting point if you're prompted to make any change in your giving. I wouldn't recommend renting your seat. But in terms terms of what to give, uh, that is one way to really focus on, um, to see, you know, through history might be a starting point for you. Um, Not just our weekly or monthly or however you give to the church faithfully, um, but also helping with other needs as you are made aware of them. Um, From the teaching of the New Testament, there are, just to reiterate, a few things to be thinking of when we're thinking about what our giving should be and how we are faithfully giving. While we are no longer under the law, and the fact that we do not have a certain amount that we need to give to be right with God. We know Jesus has filled and completed the law, and so we are called in order to care for the ministers of the gospel and to the poor and the needy, just as Jesus did. Not just in our church, but also in our communities. And we are called to do this joyfully and sacrificially. For some of the us, this might look more, look more like more than what is traditionally given. For you, as you would be thinking about this, you might be convicted to give more than 10%. For others, joyfully and sacrificially giving might look more, might be less than your traditional 10%, but that does not make it any less 
in God's eyes. And the amount we give is really, really, just to reiterate, not nearly as important as the heart attitude we give it with. We see this both through Jesus' teaching, the early church in Jerusalem in Acts, and the teaching of Paul in the early church in other cities as well. The few times Paul, who's the only apostle who mentions giving, mentions it. He really focuses on giving with a joyful heart and giving out of a glad spirit. Does this mean that giving a 10% tithe is wrong? Absolutely not. It doesn't also mean that it's the correct amount for each of us to give. It's more important that your heart be in the right place with the amount you are giving. And we are, call, we are called to give sacrificially and that we should give as Christ gave and not do it in a way that is showy. I also believe, and I can say this, that I believe it's something that Anabaptists have generally also um, throughout the centuries believed, that we are called to live a lifestyle that leaves room for giving. We are called to be wise with the choices of the purchases we make um, so that we can make a priority to give to both the church and those who are in need. We are called to give faithfully and consistently when we do give. This will also look different for each person. There's a lot of circumstances that go into a person's finance. But I would challenge each of us to prayfully look at our spending and giving and see if there's anything that God is asking us to change. So two things to think of as we move forward. These are really just between you and God and your spouse if you're married. Um, if this is something you struggle with, I would encourage you to be accountable to your spouse if you are married. And if you're not, find somebody who can follow up with you and say, hey, are you doing as you feel the Lord has led you to do. You don't have to give numbers if that's uncomfortable for you, but just be accountable. We are called to live in community and accountability. So two things to think of. When was the last time you evaluated how much you gave? Be that to the church, to other, not, other organiza Christian organizations. Is it time to do it again? Um, and are you giving faithfully? Again, this will look different for a lot of us, but are you doing as the Spirit's living for, leading you? Giving faithfully and consistently doesn't mean you can't give as you are made aware of a need, but I would challenge you that there should be some aspect of your giving that is consistent, be that a weekly, monthly, or quarterly, or even yearly, some sort of just consistent, this is, I've set this aside for God giving. As you consider these questions, I pray that God will give you wisdom and discernment as you go through your week. I invite the worship team forward. <laughs>